When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number, let's see here, 242 tonight. Uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics 6.1. Uh, we're going to be discussing aliens and metaphysical beings, or extraterrestrials and metaphysical beings. Uh, 6.0, we discussed UFOs and UAP. Uh, we're going to talk about UAP for a second in a minute. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so if anybody's interested... Um, I'm going to start cutting these intros a little bit short. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're interested, go down to our link tree if you want to support the show, our Patreons on there, our merch, basically everything if you want to support the show or find episodes. Uh, all of our stuff's on our link tree, so go check that out. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I will pick a winner from this last month's um, T-shirt giveaway. I have not yet. Uh, I got four people I think that entered to win and I'm going to mix that up with the people from the previous month. Um, so I will let everybody know, um, what the deal is as far as, uh, you know, who's going to win that. I, we, I think what was it? Tom Hickey won last month. So congratulations mm-hmm. again to Tom. Sorry. I got a little, a little something I have to fix here. Um, yeah, so we're going to give that away again this next month, but I want to pick a winner first. So we'll start up again after I announce the winner. Um, and, yeah, if you want to enter to win, all you have to do is go to Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast, leave a five-star review, take a screenshot of it, and then send it to mindescapepodcast at gmail.com. That will enter you to win. But, again, I want to keep this short. So, um, yeah. What's going on, Maurice? How are you? I'm doing well, my man. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Kind of in an interesting day. Yeah. Um, before we talked, you just kept saying, I'm coming back. I'm back. <laughs> so no, I was just saying, so, so like this is two different things kind of, but like <laughs> I've been thinking lately and uh, I've been pretty reserved and just kind of on the sidelines with my opinions on things. And um, I was talking with somebody who listens to our show and they were saying, you know, you've got really good takes and opinions on things. So you should, you know, uh, give that out a little bit more. So I'm going to start getting back in the game. If, you know, I if like you it. So yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, mystical Mike's back in action. No, I'm, just yeah. gonna, I'm still going to balance everything out, but I'm just going to be more assertive with what I think and what I believe and less passive. So 
um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the other interesting thing that happened today um, was so this company Saucer Co. Uh, on Twitter, um, this whole firestorm started because <clears throat> Dan Zetterstrom, who we had on last episode, actually um, has a merch store slash you know his art up and everything on his Redbubble, and they took it down because Saucer Co. Uh, this company, I guess they're an apparel company. They took out a copyright for UAP and um, unidentified aerial phenomena, the words. So I guess they have copyright of both of those for apparel. Um, so now that they're taking down people's merch from stores and people that have been in the community for a lot longer than these people have, um, doing more for the community and everything. So uh, not to mention... Um, our documentary is going to be called uh, The Experiences from UAP to DMT. So now we are probably going to change that because I don't even, even if they get the copyright taken down, uh, I don't even really want to be a part of that term anymore. So I don't know if we'll use UFO or just change the whole thing. I'm thinking about changing it up completely anyway. So, um, and we're going to add in all the extra people that we're adding to the documentary as well. So there's been, I think, five or six people that we've added uh, to the mix since um, we released that trailer. So uh, look for that. We'll be working on that. Um, but, yeah, I, we're going to probably change the name. I just, um, I don't know. It felt right at the time, but now that there's this, like, stigma and, like, uh, bad karma associated with it, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just not even worth the hassle to be honest but i'd like right. to see how far the, this this dude is gonna go like, so i guess it's like three people and so tonight uh uh tupac uh tupacabra um this guy <laughs> on uh, twitter uh hosted a spaces so we've done twitter spaces in the past um and uh he was kind of mediating this whole thing where everybody was like airing their grievances and asking questions and everything. And I asked, you know, a couple questions myself, but then like, I was shocked at the amount of people that were being nice to this person who just like put a dagger basically. And like everybody's back that in this community, what do you mean nice though? What does nice mean? They're just like, Oh, so let us know like what we can do now. Like, you know, like what, what K, you know, like, uh, um, what are we allowed to do? Like allowed to do, this is how you're handling this. Like, no, no, yeah. no, that's not how this goes. Like, yeah, you might have a league, but it's probably tenuous at best from what I'm hearing. Like, I'm sure there's somebody that knows lawyers or people in that realm that are going to be able to help. Not to mention all the government people associated with UFOs and UAP and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll uh, get into the mix if they can, but I it just, the whole thing is just very, I don't know. I mean, you know, I come from the business world, sales, high-end sales, and uh, yeah, we had sharks, but we didn't have anybody pulling anything, I don't know, that felt like that, so. Yeah, I, when people tell me what I can and cannot do, it makes me want to get crazy and do it even more. <laughs> so that's uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter now saying that they're going to create a bunch of designs now and start selling, so if there's a million people trying to sell these shirts, I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to? police that you're not going to be uh -huh. able to um i'm just going to start calling them uabs baby <laughs> um, and then you can't do so, anything to me so uh but yeah so i mean just this whole thing is just beyond um ridiculous uh i i 
I don't know. In one way, it's like you said, like that's like we were talking a little bit off air. It's like a savvy business move. It is, but nobody's even heard of this person. Okay. Like anybody in the community, they're like, who are you? You know, like nobody knows these people. They claim to be a big part of the community. They're not. Um, not that uh, again, I've been the most vocal person, but I'm a watcher. I know that everything happens. I tell you, Maurice, I give you all the inside baseball, don't I, uh, on what's going on with everything. So, um, in terms of all this stuff, it just doesn't make sense to me of like, why wait three years to like, you know, and then they claimed it's because of everything going on in the world. It's just like the whole thing just didn't feel good. It just feels dirty. Um, so, and I feel bad for Dan because I know Dan you know, puts a lot of time into his artwork and his designs are pretty sweet, you know, like he does a good job. Um, Absolutely. I, I forget who else has gotten taken down. I think this guy named Graham uh, or something too. I, I feel bad. It sucks. Um, you know, that one time we had that episode taken down, uh, I think it was Discovery Channel because we did a review of an expedition unknown um, where they did like a live Egypt event. And they like oh, took it down because because they, they thought it was like some sort of copyright thing. And then like we were talking all sorts of shit about like Zahi Huas and like all this stuff. And uh, who knows what the real reason was behind it? But everything was original. It was our podcast. All the imagery, all uh, just us talking, was all original. So it's like a lot of these copyright things. Just I don't know. Just gets very dirty. Um, so what is, what's his end game? He's going to try and make people pay him to use it? It's like, first of all... No, he's going to get it taken right? down. That's what he's saying. He's saying he doesn't want to sue people or do anything like that, but he's going to get it. So if you have a design that says UAP or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena... Yeah, but then that's that's what I'm saying. Is the how? What's the business move? He's just going to have people... Be, so he can be the only you? person... Yeah, well, he's going to be the only person that has that UAP or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh-huh. And he's doing so. what with it? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's some people that are like, yeah, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it before. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like going to UFO conferences or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know where you buy this stuff or how people have found out about it. Maybe it's like an online store thing. I don't know. But, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's, it reminds me, and I told you this too, it reminds me of when Compass Pathways tried to patent psilocybin, the term psilocybin, it's like, this is a natural, this is the name for a natural psychoactive compound. Like you're going to try and, uh, you're going to try and, uh, copyright that. Like that's just a, it's just sound. It's like, it turns people off and the psychedelic community did the exact same thing that the UAP community is doing right now. Um, it's pretty much like the same scenario. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to say other than, like I said, I feel bad for Dan. I can offer whatever support or help I can. I mean, I have, we have lawyers in our family and stuff. So, um, I just say, go back to UFO. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and I don't know if that, I told you, I don't know if that's what we're going to do. I, we might just take out and just imply something altogether. I don't know, but we'll, we'll figure that out with the title of our documentary. But I just, like I said, that whole thing, it's just, I like the word. I, I initially was like, what's this? I just like UFO, but thinking I mean, about U, it more. UP is almost more uh, what we're going for anyway, an unidentified phenomenon. Somebody else some mentioned that, that on, on Twitter as well earlier. I feel like somebody posted that, like we should just do UP. Yeah, because some shout, of it's shout not Shout out to whoever said that. Um, it's, not, it's not aerial, so I don't yeah. know. 
<clears throat> well, not all of them are aerial. Some of them, people say they come out of the, the ocean. Some people say, you know, so it could be. Exactly. So UP, baby. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what, what happens. But I like unidentified aerial phenomena because um, it implies that it's not um, like an object. Like it, it might not be a physical thing, which is what we are kind of down with, right? Like the consciousness aspect and um, that whole thing. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. All right, moving on. So Mystery Metaphysics 6.1. We're going to talk about all the different types of theories and um, explanations for the possibility of extraterrestrial life, uh, interdimensional life, and uh, uh, everything in between, basically. So... Um, let's start off with like the most basic thing, uh, something we've had, we've done an episode a a long time ago. I don't know the first 50 episodes we did maybe, uh, which would be the Drake equation. And if anybody's interested, um, Lex Friedman did a, um, Lex Friedman did a great update on that where it's even more accurate based on what we know now. Um, so if anybody's interested, check out Lex Friedman's updated Drake equation, um, let's see here. Uh, so the Drake equation, um, it's N equals R times F, um, times, uh, N times F, uh, like there's just different, it's N, um, equals R times FP times NE times FL, uh, times FI times FC times L. So I'll go through all those. So it's N is the number of communicative uh, civilizations. So those are the those are the number of civilizations that have the potential to communicate, whether it be uh, you know via radio signals or um, using chips to get around, or I, I guess however you could communicate. I mean, um, some people believe telepathy is already a thing, uh, or like psi. If you believe that's the case, that maybe that's the way to to um, communicate. And there's a lot of people that believe that. Um, uh, and I've had some weird experiences or metaphysical experiences like that myself. Uh, I know we've talked about a million times on the podcast. So, um, R, so that's the rate of formation of suitable stars, stars such as our sun. So, um, that's the rate in which stars are, are born. Um, so they go through there, and then it's times then FP, which would be the fraction of those stars with planets. Uh, current evidence indicates that planetary systems may be common for stars like the sun. Um, and then you take that times the number of Earth-sized worlds per planetary system, um, and that would be uh, NE. And then you take that times FL, which would be the fraction of those Earth-sized planets where life actually developed. Um, and then you take that times FI, which is the fraction of those, um, life sites where intelligence develops. Um, and then you do that times, uh, you know, basically the lifetime of communications of those civilizations. Um, basically, uh, you have, um, I forget, is, is it, uh, look up, I think it's Adam Frank, maybe, um, He's a physicist. He's always big on the idea that uh, civilizations... American physicists. Yeah, civilizations die out uh, before they can communicate with other civilizations. I mean, like, space is so vast that by the time a civilization comes and goes, 
it's in like the blink of an eye compared to the lifespan of the universe. So, yeah, um, but that's not very promising seeing how civilizations can't maintain their, they can't sustain their, right. Their well, life remember you were in, a, oddly enough, that might be the only advanced class uh, you were in. Um, but you, <laughs> you were in my envir- AP environmental science. Is that correct? When we were in high school? I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Boer. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so we did this experiment with, um, who, what was it? They were fruit flies. So you get two bottles, um, and you cover them up and the fruit flies can like multiply up to a certain level and then becomes too populated in there. And then they all die because they're running out of oxygen. They're running out of space. They're running out of resources. So you could say the same might happen to us if we don't find a way to leave this planet which would be inevitable. I mean, if we can't find a way to live this planet and people keep multiplying, um, something's bound to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in terms of the Drake equation, I think even when you look at the possibilities of life, it's still like infinite, you know, it's when you break it down to all those little different details, you still have so many possibilities for life. Um, so, um, I don't know. What do you do? You have any thoughts on that? The the Drake equation. Um, I, I, it's it's an interesting one. I, it because the size of the galaxy, the the size of the universe is so massive that it's like it's it's almost hard for our brains to comprehend infinite you know infinite numbers and things of that nature. So, yeah, again, it almost just supports the fact that the that the universe is so massive that it would take a, a big stroke of it would take a massive miracle for another civilization to run into each other. But at the same time, depending on how rooted in science you are, the fact that we're alive right now, it would take a massive coincidence. So again, you know what I mean? It's like, how do you, how do you take one and not the other? And then you have the other aspect of it, which is, um, you know, you have the type one, type two, you have all these different types of civilizations, like civilizations that become so advanced that they can use their own star as like a power source or use their own planet as a power source. Like we're not there yet. Like if we could utilize our core or, you know, the sun in a better, more efficient way, I think that, uh, you know, that would be great. I mean, everybody's Hmm. worried about different uh, um, types of energy. I think that that, if you could become more efficient with what you have that could be a a, a super beneficial thing actually we did a really good episode on solar power with uh tom lane who's actually the sacred mushroom ritual guy who just so happened to be like one of the top um, solar power guys in the u.s so if anybody's interested i don't know what episode it is but uh just look for an episode with tom lane and solar power um uh, so yeah, so back to that. So that's the Drake equation, basically. Again, if you want a more updated uh, version, uh, Lex Friedman, who has a podcast called the Lex Friedman Podcast, he's also a scientist who uh, is from MIT. So you know, he's a pretty smart dude, um, and his podcast is good in general. I listen; it's one of the only podcasts I listen to regularly. So he has a good array of guests, that's for sure. Um. And he mixes up. He even had the comedian Bobby Lee on recently, which is a really funny episode. So, um, All right, so th- now we get to the Fermi paradox, which is not really even a paradox. But anyways, the Fermi paradox is 
uh, Enrico Fermi, who is a Italian physicist, um, was asking the question, well, if there's all these possibilities for life, where is it all? Um, which is a good question because technically with all these possibilities, all, everything should be teeming with this life based on um, what we're able to uh, acknowledge around us in the universe. So um, there's other things like the great filter. I mean, there's a lot of different parts of this, but like what's your thoughts on the Fermi paradox and the idea like that there's all these possibilities, but yet it's not so obvious like it should be. Wait, so so explain this to me again, because I get this one and the other one confused. What? You get the Fermi paradox and the Drake equation confused? No, no, no. I get the Fermi paradox with the one where it's like, uh, the amount of the the number of uh, planets that are inhabitable, like it's the 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 equation there has to be life on another planet. Yeah, that's the that's the Drake. Equation. Oh, that's the Drake one. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, um. I, I, the Fermi one is, uh, I don't know, like like I said, I mean, um, until we have proof that there's life on another planet, none of these equations do, do anything because the only thing that we know is there's only life on one, so it's hard to, all these other, all these other things obviously are just theories, you know what I mean? Well, they're not even theories, they're speculations and hypotheses at best. Right. Um... It's- but yeah, just the you well again the Fermi paradox is, you know, we've talked about paradoxes before, especially when we were talking about ancient Greece and uh, um, Xenon's paradoxes. You know, like if you if you were standing on one edge of a sidewalk and you you know you had to get to across the street, if you kept going halfway, you're never gonna get to your 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 end point right if you keep going half 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 except that doesn't work out based on modern mathematics and physics so but back then it seemed like a logical paradox but now we know that that's not true but you know and language has a lot to do with this stuff and being able to describe things but um so the fermi paradox is if there's so many possibilities for life where are they and i would say to that Mm. is why it's not so easily found or obvious um is because we're not looking for the right things we're not looking for the right signatures we're not looking for the right type of life um i think some people are i mean there's some people that are looking at this the right way um a lot of actually like theoretical physicists and philosophers and stuff there's people i listen to that have a a good take on this um but uh yeah that's also because we have that the 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 earth bias because all we know is the carbon life forms that we're familiar with. So it's like, we're only looking for what we would think is life as we know it. So it's hard to imagine something completely different. That's why, you know, we talk about the movie arrival where the beings are vastly different than us and communicate in a whole nother manner. Yeah. I think, um, well, there's a lot of good stuff on that, but, um, yeah, the earth bias thing's interesting, but it's also just cognitive bias. It's our human built-in mm. cognitive biases and pareidolia that's part of our the evolution of our, our minds and our consciousness. And if we want to think about things differently, what would be a different form? Like, is there a different type of consciousness? Is there is consciousness just one level to it? Is there, um, 
you know, is there something else beyond consciousness that we don't even know? You know, is there something cool we don't even know about? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, I think when you when you look at um, again some of the ways people think about these things, um, you know, who's there's a couple guys. There's uh, this Sarah. Is it Sarah Walker? Yeah, Sarah Walker from I think it's Arizona State. Um, she's got some really interesting takes on that. Uh, Lee Cronin, who's a philosopher. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's just a there's a lot of cool people out there that have a lot of cool ways of thinking about this stuff that um, that you don't even really see that many people talk about them, even on like UFO and UAP Twitter and stuff. So um, when you I don't know. There's just so many different like theories out there that I don't think, um, I don't think that people really understand what they're talking about. Somebody goes, you two sound <laughs> stupid. Oh, thank you. Um, cause I know what I don't know. You sound Who said pretty, that somebody in the, the chat. Oh um, my Lord. Yeah. Like I'm going to, you know, uh, anyways, <laughs> beyond that um so we were talking about the fermi paradox um let's get to abiogenesis so abiogenesis is the idea that life was evolved on our own planet through different chemical processes um now i think stanley i don't know i forget is, is it stanley stanley something uh, you can look it up, I think, uh, at University of California, San Diego. Uh, I believe did an experiment where he bottled up all the, what he thought was the building blocks of life and put it in a bottle um, and then let it marinate for a while. Uh, but I mm -hmm. think that there were some discrepancies with the, uh, um, you know, with the results in terms of like what it actually meant and could there have been error in there? And like, obviously when you start talking about contamination and stuff like that, that could be a whole thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm still trying to find this person that says we're idiots. What? <laughs> what are you talking? Oh, and oh, the comment. Yeah, no, the person at the bottom. I don't know. Under the chat, I have no idea. I don't see it. I don't know. That's how stupid I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I think they were talking about like underwater vessels coming from the ocean. I'm not against that idea, so I don't know. No, I'm not I'm against stupid. that either. And we don't know. We don't know anything about the yeah. ocean. I mean, like I said, it's 
it's one of the, the greatest mysteries. A lot of people are upset about that. They're like, why don't we study the ocean, something that's on our planet, rather than spending all this money going into space. So yeah. there's something valid to all that, absolutely. Well, then the other thing is there was a show, um, I wanna, was it called Cooper's Gold or something? I think it was something like that where uh, this guy who was like a treasure hunter was like family friends with uh, – um, he was family friends with Gordon Cooper, who was an astronaut. Um, and Gordon Cooper supposedly, when he was in space, used this um, this like uh, way to detect different metals and alloys and stuff in the oceans. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, when he was in orbit, so he saw these locations. So there's all these locations off the coast of Florida, like in the near the Bahamas and Bimini and stuff. Uh, that he marked off on this map. So this shows about this treasure hunter going to all these locations that this guy, Gordon Cooper, marked off on the map. Uh, he's just since been deceased. But Gordon Cooper also talks about how he's seen UFOs and stuff like that too. So um, that's pretty interesting stuff if you're not familiar with Gordon Cooper. Um, and uh, basically, I, I don't know what happened. Um, I think there was supposed to be another season but I don't know if they ever did it, but they were going to look for, um, they found some, some sort of anomaly or something. And then you never heard of it again. So I don't know if they found something and they're just keeping it hush hush. I know he was pretty, um, I think this guy was like looking for like legitimate treasure and like gold and stuff though. So maybe they found something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, there's always usually some monetary something that's driving us. Right. That's, that's, seems to be our number one focus in the world yeah i don't know um (laughs) but uh yeah as as far as uh abiogenesis um so did earth you know come about on earth did life come about on earth um that's the big question so earth is um you know pretty old i think the universe itself is 13.5 billion years old um, look up how old the earth is. I think it's 8 billion. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, but how do you even know that? You know, it says 4.5 billion. Oh, 4.5 billion. But again, I, I question if we can't even tell you how old the pyramids are or, you know, go back like Tepe and things of that nature. Well, you can't radiocarbon date rocks. So yeah, there, right. I mean, there's going to be no. So uh, carbon rate the biggest rock out there. <laughs> Um, I mean, who knows? They could maybe develop something in the future that's able to determine date or something based on. It's a good. It's a good estimate. Again, a lot of these, you watch these these shows on TV, and they're like, "This is a fact," and "This is a fact," and then when you're a kid, of co- of course, you have nothing else to base it on, and you believe everything they say, and then all of a sudden you get older and you go, "Wow, we really don't know." Right. Um, I think Soraya said it in our documentary. We know we don't know as much as, or I can't remember the way he said it, but it's perfect. It's like, we don't know anything pretty much. We know less than we know. And it's something like that. And yeah, it's so true because look at, just look at like the mind. We don't know anything. We can make guesses about why yeah. we dream or this or that. But well, that's why I'm confused. Why people are like so dogmatic. Like it's for sure this, or this is yeah. exactly what like, do you know that? Because if you can prove that, you become pretty famous. But if you exactly. can't prove it, you're just another idiot yourself. So. Whoa, dude. <laughs> I like it, baby. Make Michael's back. I'm back, baby. 
No, um, you know, I get because I get into conversations with my friend who's a big flat Earth guy, and it's uh, I might have screwed us by saying that. <laughs> who but, cares? Um, I he's such a nice dude. We debate I, him I all was, the time. I've debated him before. He does. He he couldn't win. I've invited him on the podcast. It's not even necessarily about the the to win or not. It's just kind of because I, I come from the camp of like I just want to peer into your world and see where you're coming from and stuff like that. And again, the guy is such a nice dude. It's like, I, there's no ill will. I've been into conversations with people that are just out to, to get you. And he's not out to get you. He's just, this is something he believes in. And because he's a nice dude, I try, I, I just want to see where he's coming from. And at the same time, if you want to try and convince somebody otherwise sitting and screaming at them, isn't going to be the way that you're going to, you know, break through their wall. If you, it, you got to kind of find the common ground. Like if you're going to change someone's mind, you screaming at them is just going to make them fit, you know, not agree with you even more. So I, I try and take the opposite approach. I try and go, oh, okay, I see this and that, and that's a cool thing. And it's almost like you say all the positive stuff and then you come at them with the negative. Yeah. I mean, look, you can, you can do it the whole spiral dynamics way and try and meet him on his level and try and reason with him like that. But I don't know. I he's I don't know. We went to school with him. He seemed like uh, you know he did well in school. I don't know. Well, it's clearly not just him. There's a lot of people that are going down that that path. And uh... look, it's a bit of brainwash. I mean, look, if you don't do your research, let's just say you watch a couple videos or whatever, you go down a rabbit hole, and you're not cross referencing that with like other narratives, then you're just basing everything on just whatever that narrative is. Because human mm-hmm. beings are like repetitive AI. They're just going to repeat things that they've heard or seen that they think is cool or resonates with them or whatever. So they're just going to repeat talking points. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very hard to be original. I try and think about how to be as original as possible all the time. It's so hard. It's beyond hard. And it's even harder because you and I are musicians too. So to come up with something truly original music wise is even that much harder because everything's pretty much been played at this point. Right. So especially playing the guitar, it's things been beaten to the ground, but that's really truly the best musicians is when you hear them play, you can identify them without seeing them. Yeah. And I was just watching a documentary. I can't remember who said it, but it's like the hardest thing for you to do as a musician is to be, to be yourself and to, to, to sound like yourself like that's super difficult because you say brainwash and it sounds negative but essentially if you listen to music since you were born you are brainwashed with that music like those melodies are in your head and those licks are in your it are in your consciousness you know what i mean I, it's it's you could lock yourself in a room and then write music from there but what's the fun in that like i love music and i'm always going to listen to it i listen to it all the time and Something is going to seep into you. But again, it's like the same thing you could say about Tarantino. He literally steals. There's a, there's a shot in Kill Bill where, um, what's her face? The, the, the main, uh, Uma Thurman's walking towards the camera yeah. and she's very blurry. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Have yeah. you seen that movie? Yeah. So like that, that's, that's, that shot is literally taken from Once Upon a Time in the West. And he, he'll say that he took it, but where does it become? an homage where does it become an inspiration and where does it become straight up theft he says like 50 years has to lapse but again people are going to be influenced by the stuff that they that they've seen well yeah and i mean it's like that's what they say is like go ahead no as i say the music thing for us is you know we're huge grateful dead fish you know like people compare 
Grateful Dead and Fish, they sound completely different and they have very different band dynamics too. Like, yeah, they both jam, but that's pretty much the only thing that they have in common. Trey doesn't sound like Jerry at all. He's got more of a a jazz um, classical style to him. You know, Jerry's got more of a free flowing chromatic roll style. Yeah, he's bluegrass, blues, bluegrass stuff. kind of stuff. So it, you know, there's very different things happening there. But people lump them into the same thing. Um, but how many jam bands do sound like fish? There's a lot. And then you also have like Umphreys, which I think a lot of people like now, which is original because they're more like heavy metal type mixed mm-hmm. with all the jam stuff. So they kind of added their own little flair to it. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, how can you be that next thing um, or that next critical thinker or visionary thinker and be original without being like repetitive or adding too much of what's come before you kind of a thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it, but they do say like the biggest nod or the biggest accomplishment as an artist is to inspire somebody else. So that's a great achievement from any type of art you're you're creating, whether it be the art of thinking, because obviously free thinking is there's an art form to that. Uh, so it looks like people are asking before we move on. I mean, I still have some more to talk about this, but people want to know about UFOs, UAPs coming. Even though this is more about the actual being side of things, we already discussed. Well, don't say UAP, bro. That's ten, <laughs> that's ten thousand uh, dollars every time you say so, it. So, so um, if you know what we're so they're saying, uh, what coming out in and out of the ocean. So yeah, there's obviously stuff happening in the oceans too. I don't know why that's such a. What do I think it is? I think it's the same thing that's happening in the skies. There's some weird unknown phenomena. Is it? physical net is it a natural phenomenon like um um native to this earth i don't know is it something um that comes and goes is it something that pops in and out of dimensions is it something uh-huh. that you know i have no idea um but i mean yeah. there is validity to that all because obviously some of the biggest and most credible ufo sightings have been over the ocean so yeah again i'll take that into account and there is a there, there is a lot of validity to that. Am I out sailing the seven seas? I, I have no idea. <laughs> so it's it's hard yeah. for me to comment on that. You know I mean, a I mean? lot I've of the never... sightings a lot of the sightings happen over water or um, on the coastal areas. Um, I mean, you have all the stuff, the Tic Tac. You have all the aircraft carrier stuff from the Nemets and the Princeton and um, you know the USS Roosevelt and all those sightings and encounters. Uh, and then you have people seeing stuff coming in and out of the ocean. You even have um, people in, throughout history, like ancient people, writing about weird stuff happening with the oceans and stuff like that too. So, yeah, do I think something's happening with the oceans? I 100% do. Uh, I don't think it's just – this is just subject uh, subjected to uh, – space or the universe or out there i think it could be happening here and it most likely is um so yeah i I think people have been seeing this stuff for a long time and i think the oceans play a big part of it as do the skies i think it all plays a part in it and uh there's a lot of people that say they're trans um uh what do they call it uh um careful trans uh not dimensional trans um look it up like going through through water um uh water space um there's a specific term um i don't know um 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's the like I said, it's whatever the term is that they use to discuss uh, when it goes from space to uh, to water to land, all that stuff. So, well, we have a bunch of good people in the chats. If you guys know anything out there, let us clue us in. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, it's not uh, consciousness. It's something else. I don't know. It has to do with, like I said, going, um, uh, going, being able to transmedium. I think that's what it is. Transmedium. Okay. Um, is going through uh, water, space, and land. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, do I think? Yeah. So yeah. Your answer to your question about the oceans, I 100% think weird stuff's happening with our oceans, and it's unexplored for the most part. I mean, uh, you know, we talk a lot about ancient mystery stuff, too. How many civilizations have been washed away by cataclysmic floods? How many civilizations have been washed away, uh, you know, whether it be the end of the Younger Dryas, whether it be any sort of comet or asteroid impact? uh, Civilizations have been wiped out for um, a long time. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think the whole ocean thing plays a big part. Um, and again, that, that transmedium stuff's interesting too. So like if you were outside our laws of physics, let's say you came from a different dimension or a different plane or whatever, you might have the ability to go in and out of water, air and land seamlessly. So who knows? Hmm. Um, let's see here. And then you have, so again, so abiogenesis, I think, has been somewhat um, under uh, the microscope lately um, in terms of maybe being wrong or be need to be tweaked because uh, the amount of methane that they thought was um, uh, on the earth at that time, I, I think that's now changed and stuff. So like like I said, it plays a, a, um, a role. I mean, who knows? But then there's another theory too, that maybe it was a combination of like panspermia and abiogenesis that like, um, uh, a, a meteorite carrying the, the building blocks of life or organic compounds. I think they're called chondritic, um, meteorites landed and then, uh, meshed with the stuff that's already on this planet. And then you m- might start to get the chemistry needed to build life. So that's another theory. Yep, um, shout out to Uncle Bob. Yeah, I mean, that's our, uh, our he's not our uncle, he's like our second cousin, but on yeah. our camping trip that we go on every year, when we were like 13, 12, 13 is when we really started to talk about this stuff and entertain this stuff, so now, I mean, we're talking over 25 years ago. So oh, those were the seedlings of the podcast right there. Yeah. Um. Imagine if we'd been doing, we'd be rich if we were doing a podcast <laughs> for 25 years. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you have abiogenesis. So then there's another hypothesis, which is the rare earth hypothesis. The rare earth hypos- uh, hypothesis talks about how, um, you know, multicellular life forms that are found on earth may actually be super rare in terms of the scheme of things. Um, let's see here. Um, you know, about the right circumstances, the Goldilocks stuff mixed with all the right chemicals and compounds. Like um, maybe you would need the exact right, um, 
the the exact right compounds that are found on Earth mixed with other stuff. You know, like there's a lot of stuff at play when you start talking about the rare Earth hypothesis. And something I think about too, if you believe that there's more life out there uh, or oceans or whatever, uh, I don't think you can discount the idea that we still might be the only things like us. Um, you know, because what if what if the uh, what we are considering USOs and UFOs and all that stuff? What if those are just plasma or something weird, some sort of physical phenomena that we just don't know about yet? Um, which would be cool, you know. It's still very cool. But what if it's not what we think it is? Um, so I, I, you know, I think rare earth is something to keep throwing around just because. Um, you got to balance it out. You got to ponder. If you're really going to ponder these things fully, you have to ponder both sides of it, in my opinion, uh, to arrive at some sort of truth. Um, yeah, I was listening to somebody talking about that though, and they said that you know we're we're mainly carbon-based life forms, and carbon is like the most abundant element out in the universe. So it's really not that. It's it's very <clears throat> there's a it's very complex for for us to be here, but in the scheme of like the rarity of all the essential building blocks. It's not like that unheard of to find them. Is yeah. there any validity to that? Or is that just. We'd say that that last part again, <clears throat> he was just talking about it where people were like, Oh, it's so rare that we're, that we're here. But he's like, what we're actually based on the chemicals or the, the elemental structure of what a human is. Those elements are pretty common out in the in the galaxy. Oh, Maurice is breaking up. You better tell him to stop streaming over there. I know what's going on. I know what's happening over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to your to your question, do I think that? Yeah, I think that you can look at it two ways. Which I w- I was about to say, you have the rare earth, which is that all the stuff's super rare and it's got to be in the right place, the right time, all that stuff. But then you have other people like Frank Drake from the Drake Equation, Carl Sagan and others who talk about how it's not exceptional and there's more likely uh, a lot of this stuff found out in the universe. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, You can get, you know, we can talk about like astrobiology, also known as exobiology, which is the scientific study of uh, the origins, the evolution, and the distribution of uh, life and future life in the universe. Um, I think that this goes along with what you're saying, like how common are the building blocks of life or how common are um, what's needed to create what we know as life. And I think that we can't even figure it out, so it's going to be hard to even speculate as to... um, what's going on and then would we be even able to recognize some other form of life that's completely different than ours um because we do have that like built-in bias and pareidolia and cognitive bias so yeah i don't know i've heard Um, crazy theories that they're these things are very very small yeah astrobiology also makes use of molecular biology biophysics biochemistry chemistry astronomy physical cosmology exoplanetariology uh, exoplanetology excuse me uh, geology paleontology um, they use all these different uh, disciplines to kind of investigate whether the possibility of life is on other planets you know um, i know 
the big one is Europa, uh, or the thoughts that, you know, one of, uh, the moons, Europa. Yeah. 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 Um, and Clades, um, I think that there's a few of them that they think that there's either water or they know that there's water and they think there's something happening underneath the water. Uh, we did an episode and actually we talked about uh, with Avi Loeb when we had Avi Loeb on, I think that was it the first time or the second time. I can't remember. Uh, but it, they had just announced that they found phosphine on Venus, which is a signature that there's some sort of life, uh, or they, the only thing they know that creates that biosignature comes from life. Um, so I, I don't know what, if there's been any follow up on that, but I'd have to look into that. But, um, so yeah, there's different ways to look for life too. You know, Avi Loeb wrote that book extraterrestrial. So you can look for, you know, intergalactic or universal garbage or waste or whatever. Um, you know, I think he was even talking about like what are those CFCs? What are that stuff that uh, is emitted from like spray cans and stuff like that? Um, CFR, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Anyways, but you know, obviously a muamua, which would be that interstellar thing that came through our solar system, that object. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, when you, I don't know. The whole astrobiology thing, it's like I said, it's so hard because it's like we don't even know exactly how life started here. So to then start looking in other places, I don't know. I guess there's two ways to look at it. You could actually look at it like that'll help us figure out maybe where we came from, but then it also might confuse us even more too. I don't know. Hmm. Just my thoughts on that. So let's get to panspermia, which is one of my favorite ones. Um, panspermia is the idea that life was seeded on earth um, from some sort of interstellar object. So whether it was some molecules that were in the ice of a comet that, uh, that hit earth or an asteroid or those chondritic meteorites that contain the organic compounds for life or um, even there's different, like there's different types of panspermia too. Like there's different, theories and hypotheses uh even within the panspermia hypothesis that's like one that's like just cosmic dust like cosmic dust carries the building blocks for life um stuff like that so um yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about we did a whole episode on panspermia and the different types of panspermia i think it was panspermia versus abiogenesis and we we talked that's a good episode actually i think one of our earlier episodes that I thought was really well done was that one where we go through all the possibilities um, and talked about a lot of different stuff on that. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. So you can get to extremophiles. So extremophiles, uh, an example would be, um, you know, like tardigrades or water bears. Mm-hmm. I know so all the- about them. <laughs> So that's that's uh, if th- anybody doesn't know what they are, they found that these little um, organisms can survive like uh, atomic blasts, um, uh, you name it, fire, like anything. And, and the way they found, I think I was reading an article, the way they found that these organisms can survive like all these cataclysmic events is they like um, I don't know how to they, they like um, compress themselves or something they, they do something yeah, it's like they, hibernate or yeah they like suck the life out of the or they suck the um um 
I don't even know how to explain it, but basically they go into like some sort of, like you mentioned, like hibernation, um, and, uh, can survive in that for like a long time. So they've, I think they found some on the moon, um, or some escaped on the moon. I forget. Um, but yeah, there's some sort of, uh, thing happening there. Uh, but so extremophiles, there's other examples, but, um, another one when you're studying like the possibilities of life, they actually think that, you know, like those underwater volcanoes, uh, yeah. I've seen those. They think that that might've be the catalyst for abiogenesis on our planet too. Um, so, you know, like, um, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, were you going to say something? No, come on, no. Big, come on there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just like uh, another example would be like something that can live in like a pool of acid, right? Or the yeah. underwater volcano thing, which these things can live in like extreme temperatures that would be, you would think wouldn't even be possible. Um, I actually, was it, it was either a crayfish or like a little lobster. I've seen, you can look this up. This thing has like a claw that can shoot like molten rock out of its claw and like melt anything. Look this, My look Lord. that up. So, that. uh, animal. It's not an animal. I would say it's a crustacean or some sort of, um, uh, scavenger maybe. I don't know. You can look it up. Um, but yeah, so there's different types of extremophiles, things that can live in places where you wouldn't exist or you wouldn't expect life to exist at all. So that's what an extremophile is. Um, yeah, I saw a whole documentary about that because like there's actually tons of stuff living in these hot, very extreme temperatures, more more organisms that we even know about in, on Earth. What was that thing? And it's almost impossible to study them because it's you have to get into the the nitty gritty. You got to get into that hot hot heat. What was what was that thing? Did you ever watch that thing with Darren Aronofsky and Will Smith about like Planet Earth? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I watched the. I think that's they have a whole thing on extremophiles where they show like a pool of acid and there's somehow there's like organisms like living in this stuff. Yeah, maybe that was what I was watching. Maybe. Um, I actually kind of recommend that if any, I mean, people might not be a fan of him anymore, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's good. It was before the, it was before the, the incident. It's well done. Um, so let's see here. Extremophiles. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting way to look at life too. Cause if things can survive and things that we don't even think are possible, maybe we should be looking at more places like that to find, uh, life you know another example might even be mars mars looks when you see pictures it looks inhabitable it looks like uh, or uninhabitable it looks like it's um just like a red desert right i mean red rocky desert or you know somebody painted idaho red um yeah man i saw i was reading some crazy theory that you have to, to actually get to mars you got to go in the ocean I'm not even joking, man. I mean, want to know what you were watching. <laughs> it's really, it's really jumping. Elon for... Tusk. It's his, it's his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, interesting stuff. So now we get to what I think is something that most people like to speculate on, uh, which would be interdimensional beings, metaphysical beings, um beings that people experience in these like altered states of consciousness um 
that you can't explain. So, um, I think, uh, what's the best example, I guess, I don't, for me, my own experiences, which what I would consider to be, I don't even know if I would consider it interdimensional, but definitely metaphysical would be, you know, you go to our trip report episodes, um, some of those older psychedelic experiences we've had testing the limits. I've had some, some being encounters, uh, that were very weird and unexplainable, uh, that felt real or more real than real, but I don't think that there was something physically there. So maybe that, I think that's what I would consider to be in this category. I think when people are dealing with what's called, you know, these, uh, these beings, uh, the others or whatever they are, um, some people report, uh, you know, let's say during like, uh, abductions, they'll report gray aliens or mantises or whatever. Um, you know, are those physical? I would say that since you're in an altered state, altered state of consciousness, how do you know that they're, they're physical or not would be the thing, but I would probably obviously lean towards the not being physical and maybe even being a manifestation of the mind. I'm not saying these things don't exist, by the way, I'm saying that it's possible that both things can exist, that metaphysical beings and things exist that play off of our consciousness. And that also that there might be people that have uh, different metaphysical experiences that are maybe not related, similar to how we were, we've discussed uh, psychedelics. So like, you know, DMT or psilocybin or whatever, you take one of these serotonergic uh, receptor psychedelics and you have something that plays off of the fabric of what we know is reality. Um, and then you take something like, like a, uh, some sort of tropane uh, that are, they're usually considered pretty unpleasant, you know, like a, uh, I don't even know which one you want to put, but uh, there's a million of them. Uh, you can just look up tropanes. Uh, they're not, they're the least pleasant uh, experience from what I can gather. Um, scopolamine, um, I don't even know what else there's, there's a bunch of them, but, uh, so those ones are considered more of like, a actual hallucination. So our conversation with, um, um, we, was it and Dr. Andrew Gallimore, actually, we were discussing the difference between those two and he was discussing the differences in how the brain works while on those compounds. And, it seems like tropanes you're actually seeing things that aren't there um, that are not it's not that they're not there they're, you're just actually hallucinating which is I think is a real thing and then you take one of the other types of psychedelics that play off your 5-HT2A receptors or your serotonergic receptors or whatever and you're actually seeing things um, that are playing off of what we know is reality. And even though you might go super deep and things might be replaced or, you know, it might get out there, um, you're still kind of, um, I don't know how to explain this. You're still kind of like, for instance, I think we've talked about this. If you take even a very high dose of psilocybin, you know, you look at the wall, there's still a wall there, you know, maybe moving or waving, or you look at the carpet, it might be the patterns might be flowing or whatever the case may be, but it's still there as opposed to like one of these other ones where you're seeing like, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin or something. If you take enough, uh, scoping, I'm, I'm not saying that that's the case, but I'm just saying like, that's, um, that's the speculation. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
I would say that that's a good explanation, I guess, for how I would look at this whole thing. I think all these people that have these interdimensional being or metaphysical being encounters, I think they're all connected to altered states of consciousness. Uh, Altered states of consciousness. Again, that doesn't rule out that something metaphysical isn't happening or there's some weird connection to some other realm or something. It just means that that might be the mechanism for how that occurs, right? Yeah. So like sleep paralysis, people that have sleep paralysis and experience entities, that there really might be some sort of weird thing happening that we don't know that's beyond the scope of science, some sort of metaphysical thing. But the way that we know about it is through the mechanisms of we know this person had a lack of sleep or had some sort of sleep issue or whatever. So they have this these experiences where these entities come to them kind of a thing. Uh, that might be one. We discussed what was that... Um, on the Mysteries and Metaphysics uh, episode that we did, I think it's 4.5 on ancient Egypt, I was discussing, what was that, that, um, that, uh, the seizure, um, uh, I can't think of the name right now. Whoa. Remember I was talking about like King Tot, they might have all had these, this disorder, the seizure disorder. Let me see if I can find something. Oh, ep- uh, temporal... Epileptic, temporal, epileptic, something like that. Um, look up, uh, look up, um, I don't even know. You take too long. Yeah, when you don't know what you're looking for, you got to start looking. (laughs) It all starts somewhere. But yeah, that's interesting because if you go into these different states of mind, you might see something. Um, yeah. I think it was, uh, oh yeah, temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, so like there's a theory that, um, so like Akhenaten was King Tut's father. So Akhenaten, King Tut... And I think it was Tutmosis, one of the Tutmosises, all had um, this temporal lobe epilepsy because they all come from the same family tree. Yeah. They might have all had this thing which causes like some sort of spiritual, they think, say like a sort of spiritual uh, connection and like auras around things and things like that. Um, and all of those kings are actually kind of associated with mystical and metaphysical things. So, um yeah, I don't know. I think that there's definitely something interesting about that. And again, that doesn't rule out um, the idea that there could be some sort of uh, um, uh, metaphysical connection. So yeah, um, I know people, when they hear stuff like that, or like when you start talking about like sleep paralysis in combination with like alien abductions, people are like, oh no, there's... But like... Why couldn't they be the same thing, or why couldn't there be crossover, or why couldn't that be the mechanism in which that happens? You know, I don't. Well, see... yeah, don't tell me that it's not a possibility until you can tell me what it really, what a dream, one hundred percent is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's back, baby. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. It's like you're gonna tell me one thing. You're gonna tell me a bunch of stuff, and then in ten years, you're gonna tell me a bunch of other other stuff, and it's right. Just keep an open mind, folks. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what we try and do. 
keep an open mind, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't want to do that. <laughs> and they want to, they, they want to own sayings and words. Yeah. Um, so basically when you look at this whole phenomenon, um, you can say that a couple things that obviously people are seeing things, whether it's in the skies, it's in the oceans, it's, you know, uh, in a telescope, whatever people are obviously seeing weird things and they have for a very long time. Um, and you can look at people that have these altered states experiences with entities and things like that. And there's people that don't have, um, altered states and there's people that, experience these things supposedly in day-to-day consciousness or whatever. I've, I don't know. I've never experienced that or know anybody that's had a legitimate experience like that, but I guess that happens. My question would be though, I would like to know that person's background or their mental health status and all that stuff too, to determine uh, what was going on there. You know, you can't really make, you know, you can't really know somebody else's experience like that. unless you're given all of the, stuff like for myself I know about myself I know all the things I think about I know all the things that I'm not being honest with myself about so if I had a sighting I would say you know what that could be some sort of cognitive bias or you know what I saw this this way but I might have been wrong you know things like that I don't think enough people are honest with themselves about that kind of stuff so that's why I would when you listen to people's stories I'm not skeptical but I like to know all the parameters of the stuff so I can make my own decision as to what's going on there so yeah it's also hard to judge things cuz when they happen to you it's a, it's very much like a dream because when you wake up from that dream it's very fresh and it feels so real it's just like anything in your memory when you have the event it's very real and it's 100% there and then as days go by, you go, well, maybe I didn't see that thing like that. Or, right. you know, maybe I was a little sleepy. Did I really see something? Was it something out of the corner of my eye? And then you just start as the further away you get from your, uh, your experience, then the more that, uh, the logical side of your mind takes over and can convince you otherwise. Yeah. So that's, I, that's, that's something that take to take into account. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, look, like I said from the beginning, I'm back, all right, and I'm going to start, back, baby. I'm going to start uh, throwing things out there, but I'm also still going to keep my, um, I'm going to reserve the stuff I've been reserving, which is um, the ability to change my mind or change my philosophy or whatever, you know, nobody should be tied uh, to one idea or whatever forever, so, um no, it's not like you're making claims. I think you're just going to be a little bit more bold in your approach to things and be uh, less apologetic for having your own mind, which is good because it's like you you have the right to think these things. Well, when I you start, have the right to say one thing or another, that's that's your opinion. That's, yeah, that's it. When we started this podcast, I mean, we were doing. I was doing those weird talks with my godfather, Uncle J Bone, and yeah. uh, you know. They were fun. That that those sit down talks was like Tuesdays with Maury, but it was like Sundays with J Bone. <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, yeah, he you know he was kind of the one that's like he's like get in the game, you know, like think about it as if we're like the the pieces on a chessboard, 
um, you know, get in the game. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. And I think that I see so many opinions that are like, oh my God, or they're just like, I don't know. I just see people constantly talk about things where it's like um, an extra voice or perspectives needed to balance it out. And it's not that you want to like correct people or whatever, but it's just like some people are so dogmatic in what they think or believe that they're not even willing to, uh, I don't even know, entertain I don't anything think it, else. I don't think there's any problem with saying you're speaking your mind as long as you preface it with like, hey, this is my opinion. This isn't right. a fact. Well, no, that's what, but we'll always say we're not, we don't have all the answers or we're not for sure, right? You know, like that's what we'll always say because that's true. Like if you think everything's figured out right now, you have no idea about science or the philosophy of science because it's going to be this ongoing thing until science becomes outdated science will become like philosophy or um superstition you know there will be something more advanced in the future you can count on that if, if humans survive there will be something that supersedes um you know all this stuff science philosophy everything because there will be more answers there will be a different way to look at it uh this will always these gears will always be turning there will always be something new um, there so. is no answer and you will never know but again that's kind of part of the fun of the mystery yeah I mean it's it's just um, there's a lot of stuff um, let's get to a couple people here look like Deadbeat says uh, I saw a UFO this past week that makes three times it was enormous but it also had blinking strobes probably humans they say interesting oh. um and Icon Stylehouse says, my father has seen UFOs when he was in Vietnam, very similar to the Foo Fighter sightings. And I myself have seen two UFOs over the last 11 uh, when I was about 11 years old. Um, makes sense that they're not from here. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we're actually going to add something in our documentary. Our grandfather, who was in the Korean War, um, saw some, there's a pretty crazy story with all that kind of stuff that we're going to um, add to our documentary. So stay tuned on that. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so many things to go with this. Now, I do want to pivot a little bit. I want to get to, to grays, like the gray archetype. Um, and uh, just this week, actually, Dr. Michael Masters just released his new book. Obviously, Dr. Masters will be in our documentary uh, mm. as well. Um, but uh, everybody should go check out his new book. It's called The Extra Tempestral uh, Model. Um and that's been copywritten. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So go check out the extra <laughs> tempestrial model. Um, his first book was Identified Flying Objects, which we've discussed. Um, so somebody says, don't ever say we don't know. Some of us do know. Well, good for you. I'm going to say I don't know because the most logical thing is to acknowledge what you don't know. Knowing something and, um, you know being certain about something or like if, if you knew, like for instance, if you knew something, um, yeah, lots of people know things, but can you share that in a way that will come across other than an anecdotal story? Can you share, um, can you share what you experienced with other people so that we can get this whole thing cleared up to what this exactly is, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's ignorant that we're saying that we don't know because I, don't, I mean, people can say most, whatever they the want most, to say. That's yeah, their no, I that, yeah, but that's yeah, that's 
but that's I, but huh? I'm not gonna go down that road. But you know, no, you I mean, want to take your opinion and, and project that into the into the stratosphere of my opinion is is the is the only truth. That's almost where where we start running into problems. Don't you agree? Again, saying you know something for sure, it's like well, if you've got it all figured out, then do something with it. Uh, yeah, it's Dunning Kruger effect run wild. Um, like I said, I I always whenever we do like spaces on Twitter or whatever, I always try and talk about philosophy because most people don't even use the most basic building blocks of the way to critically think about something to look at these subjects, which you should look at. Look, go throughout history. Uh, let's talk about God. Where did God? Where did the idea of God come from? Where did the idea of gods come from? Where did the idea of religion come from? Where did these all these ideas come from? They came from human beings. Human beings are critically flawed in the way that they think about things. Right now, there's people thinking they have everything figured out when they don't. And if you do, and you think that you you live in your own world, then you just have a solipsistic view of the world around you, which is fine. You know, there's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but don't say that you have some sort of objective truth because there's a difference between subjective and objective. If you're saying that you subjectively know how things operate, okay, that's cool. That means that you think that you know how things operate. If you're saying that you objectively know how things work or the way things work or there's objectively this or objectively that, well, then show us proof because... Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people confuse the facts with more of a faith based thing. If you, if you believe in something wholeheartedly, that's you putting faith into that concept. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fact. And the, 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 the thing about facts are that they're, they're changing constantly anyway. So a fact about electricity today could not be the same tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, everything changes. That's what I'm saying. Everything's evolving. Like the idea behind the philosophy of science is that, what's right today is either going to be wrong or replaced in the future. So even if you, let's just say, hypothetically, you knew exactly the inner workings or outer workings of how UFOs work or what a UFO is or what an alien is. You don't think that your knowledge is going to be replaced by something superior in the future in connection with that? It for sure is. You do not have all the answers. Nobody does. So we need to pretend like we... Everybody knows what the hell we're talking about because we really don't. We know that something weird's happening. We do know exactly what it is. Usually that's, to me, it's like I kind of tune out when somebody um, says they know exactly. Because I've listened to so many of those where then I'll look at the person's profile and it's always the most insane, crazy things that are being said that it's like, what am I even doing spending my time on this? So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but at the, you know, and at the same time, it's like, if someone believes something so wholeheartedly and that's their, their truth to them, then, yeah, who am I to say that that's not true? I'm not here to say you can't believe one thing or another. Um, but at the same time, you can't project that into every single person. But at the same time, I can't project my thoughts and feelings and concerns onto everybody else at the either. So that's yeah. that's 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 Mr. I guess what Maurice comes down to trying is trying to intermediate. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what it comes down to is you can be evangelical about something, but you better be ready to have a debate and you better be able to ready, like to back your stuff up. And I feel like that's, what's lacking is like people think they're backing stuff up, but it's really like, Oh, I saw a YouTube video or, Oh, I, I, I read this or I read that. And even the people that have had sightings, like how do you know what you, if you saw something in the sky that was weird, how do you know what was in it? Who was in it? Like, how do you know those things? Like, 
this that's what I'm saying. There's there's a huge disconnect there. Um, and I don't know. Well, yeah. If things are popping out of the ocean every day, let's 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 try and capture them. Yeah, I, I'm all for observation. If you want to put cameras in the oceans or sensors in the oceans or cameras in the skies, sensors in the skies, do all that stuff. I love all that stuff. That's what the Galileo project's doing. You know, Avi Loeb, and they're trying to uh, catch one of these things uh, in something that's not related to government, so they don't have to deal with the secrecy or the uh, classified aspect of it. So. I mean, we'll see if anything comes of that. Uh, I'd be interested to see uh, for sure. Like I said, even if it's some new physical phenomena, that would still be super interesting. Yeah, and uh, you also have to be careful about going and watching things that are 100% confirming to the beliefs that you already possess because that's not really a way to expand your mind. Again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to watch videos that are supporting a hypothesis you already agree to, but at the same time, I like to watch other things, like with our buddy with the, uh, the, yeah, the, F, the FE concept. <laughs> I watched a bunch of his stuff, and then I watched a bunch of stuff to contradict it. But you got to kind of watch everything. But I'm not a man that's going to be rooted in, in the facts of one thing or another. I, I look at it as like growing as a human. What I was doing five years ago, I'm not necessarily doing every single thing the same way. So the, it's also about your thinking. The way we we did we do these kind of podcasts all the time. When the way we thought when we started the podcast and the way that we thought about things now. Yeah, that's and what it, this series is: mysteries and metaphysics. And it's a big mystery, baby. And it's metaphysic. And uh, <laughs> in, in five years, we're gonna be probably contradict. We're probably gonna be like, "Wow, I can't believe that we were th- we were talking." Dude, like I that. feel like that Maybe now we'll, from we'll, like we'll... the first episode, like five years ago or four and a half years ago, whatever it was. I feel yeah. like now I'm like I want to erase half the shit that we've done. Right. No, you know, and I was talking to I was talking to one of my buddies, and uh, my life has has changed a, a, a dramatic amount in the last ten years, just from. Uh, what I'm focused on and the way I want to push myself and raise my vibrations and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, my friend is kind of in the same, he, he's living the same exact life as he was. And it's just like, again, to each its own, but, um, I'm all about pushing myself to the next level. And he's just like, yeah, I'm still doing this. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I kind of just felt bad. It's like, you don't really have a, you don't have that drive to kind of just push yourself to be a better person every day. Well, that's what it comes down to is like when you, it's an ego thing. When you think that you have all the answers, it's an ego thing. And then it blinds you from what actually could be objective truth. You're just applying your own subjective truth to the world around you, as opposed to adhering to what the objective truth might be. And from doing this podcast and learning about philosophy, learning how the mind works and everything, uh, the people that are the, usually the most dogmatic, no offense, that think they have it all figured out are usually the people that have no idea what they're talking about. So, Yeah, um, and they're usually the ones that aren't open to the to the different ideas. Again, like I was just saying, they, they, they want to watch stuff that only supports the facts that they believe in. They don't want to peer, peer through the window of something that might be contradictory, and I'm, I'm all about that. I, I, I'd love to see the stuff that's on the other side. You'll learn something about... It might even, you know, push you to believe in what you're already believing in even more because now you're seeing the opposition. And if the opposition isn't strong, it'll build your case even stronger. 
So there's nothing wrong with entertaining the ideas of something that isn't the, the exact ideas that you, that you're dealing with. That's just the way I look at it. But again, some say I'm, I'm, I'm elevated, baby. <laughs> Hashtag I, let Maurice speak. This guy's <laughs> crawling out of his cave. Hello. His Kazem cave. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can talk about the gray archetype thing here before we start to wrap it up. Um, so like obviously one of the most iconic visuals for what an extraterrestrial or an alien is, is the gray archetype. Um, and again, I'll mention Dr. Michael Masters book. It's something that I know a lot of people have thought about and talk about too, is the idea that, uh, gray aliens could be time travelers and that UFOs or UAP could be time traveling machines, um, and I don't know. I think it's a very interesting a beautiful concept. theory. Well, when you look at the way we've evolved um, and the way we from the early hominids to where we are now, and then you look at like what progression would look like um, space travel. When you travel in space, you lose bone density. You become smaller. Um, you might not need as many of these features. You might start to look like a, a gray alien. So the, the idea that grays are us from the future um, is an interesting one. Um, also the other thing that I find interesting about the whole gray alien thing is that, um, when you look at the mind, we could be projecting that whole thing too. That's what we think in our minds is what these things would look like or what we think in our minds, um, what they're supposed to look like based on, everything we've learned and evolution and maybe it's even built into our DNA too. So, um, that's something I think about regularly as well. Um, are these actual physical things? Some people say that they're, uh, AI, uh, from somewhere else, you know, and that, that's an interesting one too. Like, cause you think about it, you wouldn't, if you were a the drones, yeah. Yeah. If you were a physical being, you most likely couldn't withstand, um, that kind of travel in the, uh, the universe. So, I mean, how would you get there? Same, same concept as the von Neumann probe theory, which we talked about on the last, uh, mysteries of metaphysics, which is self replicate, replicating AI replicating itself throughout the universe. Um, could that be happening with these grays? Are these grays some sort of self replicating AI or some sort of AI that is associated with this stuff? I don't know. Um, I know there's some people that believe that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Some people think they're clones. Some people, there's a lot of different theories with the grays. Um, one thing I, like I said, I find fascinating though is is the definite connection with the mind. You know, some people say they're telepathic. There's other people that um, experience these things in altered states of consciousness. I know people that have done DMT that have seen them. I know people that have meditated and seen them. I know people that have, uh, had lucid dreams and seen them and experienced them. So, you know, um, what do I think about that? I think it's an archetype that's built into our mind. I don't know why. Is it because they actually exist or is it because something that we've created to facilitate whatever the phenomena is or to connect with whatever the phenomena is like me, meaning maybe that's just the way that we're perceiving them or picturing them, but maybe that's something completely different. We're just anthropomorphizing them, giving them our attributes or something along those lines. Right. 
Yeah, no, I I love Masters uh, theories, and this is the out of the box type of stuff that we've been that we've been craving. So, like like it or not, it's still pretty cool. Hmm. Um. And yeah, as we grow, I mean, look at us compared to the apes. Mm-hmm. We start developing other things, and if it's going to be all mind based, then why wouldn't our heads heads get bigger and our bodies get weaker? I'm halfway there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the gray alien plan right now. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, in terms of all this stuff. So I mean, when it comes down to it, when we started this podcast, so we always look at like this series is about looking at like what we used to believe and think about versus now. How do I look at this topic? I think that um, I try and look at it in a more scientific and philosophical way but I do think that um, either way there's something weird that's happening so it doesn't matter what I think it is because something weird is for sure happening now does that mean it's if it's part of the mind or connected to the mind that might be just as interesting to me as if it's something external meaning that why why do this to ourselves? Why is this built into ourselves? And it could it be that thing I talk about where it's like us dangling the carrot in front of ourselves, some sort of evolutionary mechanism to get to the next level of our own evolution. That's just the way that we do it without understanding it. Um, or are there actual external entities? And if so, what does that mean? There's that, uh, that uh, quote from Arthur C. Clarke. It's like there's either life in the universe or there isn't both possibilities are terrifying you know and that's true like if we're alone that's scary like why do we exist like this is crazy it's the rare earth you know and if we aren't alone um that's just as scary because we don't know what's out there how much of it's out there what does it have to do with us you know that kind of a thing well that's also Um, varies about your uh your belief system too it could be very terrifying but it also could be very soothing if you yeah. have faith in in the in in different things i don't want to say the right or the wrong right. but different different beliefs and, and things the, of that nature yeah and are the beings like us is there good ones is there bad ones is there smart ones is there stupid ones you know like i don't know yeah. is there malicious one you know like i don't know uh, i don't subscribe to like they're good or they're bad because who knows they could be varied like we're varied um but um yeah I think that we have to be careful. I know that uh, Carl Sagan was a proponent. They sent that, I don't know if you've ever seen that image where there's like a naked man and a woman and then all that stuff encoded into that stuff that they, that signal that they send out into space. And then I know on the other end of the spectrum, Stephen Hawking was against the idea of trying to reach out to life. He was, he thought that we might be opening up um, Pandora's box in terms of, maybe doing ourselves harm or, um, you know, and you think about it, like, look at what we do to animals without thinking twice. Obviously we need to eat to live. Something's being harmed, whether it be vegetation or animals. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm more in the camp though, as, as your consciousness evolves and as your vibration hires and high, it gets higher and higher. Then, then we're talking about pure love, which is the, the highest residence that you can get to. So if if these if these beings are making it to a new to a new level, then they're going to be mo- most of them are going to be on that vibration of love, and they're not going to be. I don't know. Maybe I'm just having an optimistic view on things, but if that's very optimistic. If, 
but no, but if you're going to try and if you're going to succeed as a society or as a as a planet, we have to find that common that's a common good point. thread and that's the only that's... way that you're going to live to the point where you can traverse the stars. That's what people were saying online today cuz you know how I always talk about how divided UFO Twitter is and how many people fight and go back and forth and stuff. People were yeah. putting out there like this guy, the one man united UFO Twitter, and it was that guy today from the saucer <laughs> company. He uh, he put that thing on, and everybody came together. There's people that like hate each other that were like, "I'll help you out, bro. Let's help each other out." You know, like, yeah. let's figure this out. We're all on the same team. You know, like if anybody was gonna bring it together, like nobody could have tried to do that. This is the only thing that could have made that happen, which I thought was hilarious. And there was a lot of people commenting that. So, yeah, um, no, I mean that's that's exactly kind of the that that's that's just the way that i think about it because we're not there yet but we we we'll get there i think that we're all here on this on the earth right now for a reason um and again i think that we're uh we're uh infinite spiritual beings living you know this temporary human experience and in in our our quest is to figure out who we were and to figure out what we need to do. And it's a special time right now in the world. Maybe people have always said that, but I think that this is a pivotal point at, for the species of humans. And when uh, maybe not 10 years, it might be the next 100 years of our existence. Because look, at, look where we've came in the last 100 years. In the next 100 years, it's going to be something that obviously we can't even fathom. Right. But... Because a hundred years ago, people are out, you know, in a horse and buggy, or the first cars were being invented, and now we're on computers and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I just I, I put I, I inject my positivity, and uh, like I said, I, I you know I love all our uh, I love all the people that are paying attention to this podcast and in London and ear, and uh, all your all your ideas, comments, and thoughts are definitely valid. We we don't want to put anybody down. No, but I, you look, you don't want to put anybody down for sure. But at the Here same time, comes, it's folks. Like, Here he comes. but at the same time too, you have to be realistic. And if other people are going to say they have everything figured out, then show me, show me whatever proof you have, show us the evidence. If you really had that much evidence, you would be like famous or rich or, or both. Um, so like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and not even that, let's just say you were some scientist on the side and you figured something out and maybe you didn't want to share it with the world or whatever like that you still wouldn't like go on to like a blog or like a live chat and be like i've got it all figured out you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. um yeah that's the way i i think about that well i've when we started this podcast i thought of aliens as a separate thing and the biggest takeaway that i've had is the fact that you could take mind altering substances and I love the fact that we're kind of connecting the two because to me, excuse me, to me it was aliens are over this here. I ate then, a kielbasa for dinner or something. <laughs> but I, I always separated the two things and I love that <laughs> that's kind of how we're, we're approaching it now is bringing in the, it's, it's a mind thing. It could be a physical thing. It's, it could be a mind thing. It could, could be, be both. both why them, couldn't, yeah. yeah. Why couldn't it be both? But like I said before, the, biggest, none. the biggest takeaway that I've learned is the fact that I, I'm not, I'm, I stopped looking at it as 
these things are out here and then what's going on in here is a completely different thing. I kind of melded the two together and obviously a lot of different interviews with people that are doing DMT and out of body experiences and near death experiences and all that kind of stuff is kind of bridged the two worlds, but we're still learning day by day. I think yeah. this, 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 this documentary will be a great way to, I mean, how many people have we talked to that have done DMT that said like, you know, when they had a breakthrough experience, it seemed like aliens were doing an operation on their mind or their brain or whatever, you know, like we've had a few of those. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think it's all interesting. I, again, that's what our documentary is going to be for. It's going to put out a lot of experiencers stories and, you know, uh, credible stories, credible sightings, credible research, that kind of stuff. And then let the people decide. I'm not here to change anybody's mind or tell you, you have to think this, or you have to think that I'm just here to tell you, you shouldn't tell other people that either you should just keep it to yourself and you can talk about it but say this is my opinion the second you become evangelical about something is the second you're trying to pass something off you're no better than somebody pushing a religion or a cult or whatever on somebody else so um Mm. i would just say have an open dialogue you know if you you're telling me i'm wrong okay well tell me why i'm open to being wrong i love when i'm wrong and i learn something new but let's have a conversation about it don't just tell me i'm wrong back it up Let's have yeah, a being wrong is an opportunity to grow. Yeah, making a mistake is an opportunity to, to learn. Let's have a dialogue about it. Uh, I mean, you know, and look, you can have this conversation. Is there some sort of objective truth? Is there objective morality? You could go down all these different paths, but at the end of the day, um, I think we're all trying to be the best versions for the most part. I think everybody wants to just be the best version of themselves, living in um, the best world or universe or space that they can um so if we're doing that let's just all listen to each other you know i'm i'm here to listen like how many guests have we had you know you said we probably had like 200 guests at this point or something close to it Mm. um i love listening to people's perspectives you know sometimes i'll push back sometimes i'll learn something new sometimes you know i'm all about it but let's have an open dialogue don't tell me you have all the answers and then just say i'm wrong or i'm stupid just tell me what you have let's have an open dialogue about it and figure it out from there beautiful so but that's all i got and uh yeah let's wrap it up very good sir all right um so i will announce the winner of our t-shirt giveaway on the next episode uh for everybody that uh um you know participated you will get your answers soon. And again, if you want to support the show and you like what are, what we're doing, um, you can go to our Patreon through our link tree or just go to our link tree. We've got tons of links on there. Check our stuff out. Uh, I'm starting to do the Twitter spaces again. Uh, we're gonna, I, People voted and they voted for Ancient Mysteries for this next time. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. So... All right. Anything else, Maurice? Maurizio? I, th- I, I think I broke my silence. Uh, I think I've said enough. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag don't let Maurice speak anymore. Let's do this. Um, so, yeah, and we're, we're I do want to do some music stuff, though, too. I know a couple – Sandy's been bugging me. A couple other people have been bugging me. We should do some sort of Patreon jam or something, you know? 
Yeah, we'll have to see if it's possible, but we could always just play something. We each could play our own thing, or we'll have to see how the lag, the lag situation is. But yeah, I'm definitely down for it, man. I I still want to do another chat about some of the stuff that I've been working on because I think uh, some of these tunes have some uplifting messages, and I think that they would help people raise their vibrations. Mm. All right. You know where I come from in that category. Yeah, Dogo or Let Maury Speak Part 2. We'll do it. All right. Um, and we might even have a guitar off one of these days, too. Let's go, baby. Let's Tell do it. Tuesdays. I, I've been seeing this kid shred a little. He looks like he's getting some chops back. <laughs> I know one scale, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. the Dorian and the Mixolydian. I was going to say, I've, I've seen your blues pentatonic scales, bro. <laughs> I know what you're doing over there. There's more than pennies in there. There's, there's some other notes, All but... Right. Um, so again, you want to support the show, just go to our link tree, the links down below. And, um, yeah, we have a bunch of guests coming up and again, look for, uh, some changes to the documentary. Now we'll discuss that more going forward and we'll keep everybody posted on what we're going to do about that. And, uh, if you haven't already go, go show, uh, Dan Zetterstrom, uh, or the Zignal, um, some support. He's obviously having a hard, tough time with his art being taken down and stuff. So if you're on Twitter, go give him a shout, uh, give him some love, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So we love everybody. Uh, stay safe out there, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>